Welcome to Don't Hold Back Podcast with your host, Ichiko Batmonk, founder of Don't Hold Back and a professional life and mindset coach. She's sharing transformational coaching journeys. We have thoughts, feelings, and emotions, but we are not our thoughts, feelings, or emotions. Are you curious about exploring and experiencing how you can unleash your full potential and passion? It all starts with you, and you are meant to live the life you desire. The purpose of this podcast is to introduce you to a coaching journey and what is available for you. Hope you get inspired and take action accordingly. Good morning, Asher. How are you doing today? Mm, Good morning, Yuchiko. I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast today because this is something I always wanted to talk about. It's a mindset, you know, and as you know, we all like in quarantine, like at home, lockdown. So I found that it would be an amazing subject to talk about it right now. So I really mm. believe that we cannot control outside of the, our circumstances, but I believe we can control ourselves, So, which is a mindset, right? So mm. yeah, uh, again, I'm so excited to have you and talk about mindset. Yes, I'm excited to be here. This is one of my favorite topics as well, and I think it's so valuable for everyone to consider how how much power and influence we have over our experience through our mindset. Absolutely. So share with us, what is really a mindset? Hmm. That's a great question. I think you would probably get thousands of different answers based on different people that you ask that question to. For myself, I believe that our mindset is the direction in which we intend for our actions um, and our experience to move in. So it's, it's really the, the orientation that we give our attention to. So a lot of people associate mindset with thoughts. And mm-hmm. that is, there's truth in that. Um, there is a lot to do with thoughts, you know, when we consider mindset. And it's also this thing called our attention. Yeah. And that is, Something I feel is a little different than a thought. You know, a thought is a belief, uh, an idea, a concept, pattern, imprint that, you know, we have in our, in our minds. Our attention is, speaks more to our orientation, mm-hmm. right? So what we are facing towards, what we are paying attention to. And I believe that that a lot of what we talk about with mindset has, has to do with our orientation and our attention. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. You know, as you know, like especially this 2020, right? Mm. I remember like there are a lot of people like very excited to having a great vision in the beginning. And Mm. because the pandemic hit the ground, like I believe March. So people are not so motivated to go after what they wanted. It's because of the circumstances we all facing, which is, by the way, very understandable. Mm-hmm. All right. So, but like, I'm curious, what can we really do like now? But it, I really believe also like we all have the time we need it, right? We are, we're home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, like, what can we do so that can help people to, you know, because also like still like it's like in the middle, almost it's August, but still we have enough time to get mm. what we wanted or to achieve the goal we, mm. we had started in the beginning. Um, so what do you think? I mean, is it even possible? Yeah, that's a, I love that you brought up the topic of, of COVID and this cultural shift that we're all a part of together. I I feel that that opportunity that originally existed for many of us still exists and it always has existed. And I think this has been one of the most profound social experiments that we've seen maybe, I mean, I know in my lifetime, certainly to just really witness human behavior and witness how people react and respond to the unknown, Mm -hmm. to unpredictable circumstances and um, to scarcity mm-hmm. and fear, because that's a lot of what this experience holds for many people, mm-hmm. right? It's like there's a, a threat kind of energy to 
to COVID and um, getting sick and, oh no, something bad is going to happen, right? And then the scarcity piece coming in with the effect that that really this disease has had on our communities, um, which primarily has affected our work life, you know, and our abilities to sustain ourselves. So some of the immediate effects of this global pandemic, um, I think really amplified any amounts of fear or scarcity thinking that were already, you know, stirring within, within certain people. And so it's been interesting to watch how we respond and react when that volume goes up and when we are faced with our own scarcity and limiting beliefs about what we can accomplish and um, what's possible. Mm. So I believe that it was very interesting within my own business when COVID happened mm-hmm. um, and, and when our, our communities started to be affected I felt a very clear response within myself that I was not going to subscribe to the scarcity thinking. And that immediate response that I had really shifted what I then saw and picked up on. And again, it's that orientation towards what is possible now? What are people needing? How can I support and um, empower people during this time? And so that was very helpful to have that immediate orientation shift and to focus my attention on what is possible. Yeah. And so I think the people who were able to make that shift or um, be flexible enough in their mindset to really have that focus have um, grown and have experienced greater inspiration. I know that my business has grown and evolved in these circumstances and that that's surprising and not surprising because those were the mindsets that I went in with. Yeah. So you mentioned about like shifting, right? Uh, because I'm curious to know, like what had you to really shift you out of your own, you know, uncomfortableness? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What helps us to shift from an unconscious mindset to one that's more intentional? Exactly. Yeah. It's a great question. I think, many philosophers have been asking that question for lifetimes <laughs> because still are. About it, like you know like a lot of people are still like like you said right a lot of people are yeah. still i believe like in a scarcity mindset so but it sounded like you had you really got your out of that mindset you know being in the bondless mindset perhaps so yeah and i guess i'll say that it was it felt like a unique, a bit of a unique circumstance for me because my response when everyone else outside of me went into scarcity mode was actually feeling a lot of companionship (laughs) and a lot of, because I've dealt so much with issues of scarcity, you know, over the past few years, it was not, that's not a new thought pattern for me. So when it was reflected in my environment, it was very obvious right? I saw it, I recognized it. And I had already worked through internally a lot of that. I still am and probably will be for the rest of my life. But that was not a new journey for me. Mm -hmm. So I think for some people, when we are growing and shifting a mindset for the first time, Mm -hmm. right? So say we have new awareness about something that we desire or want, and we really need to shift our mindset around trying to create that new circumstance, then awareness is really the first step, you know, to become aware of our own patterns, to become aware of what our current or past mindset has been, and to learn new ways of operating, new ways of orienting, new ways of deepening into our bodies and into an experience of deeper presence. Absolutely. So like, I'm listening like, so once you, you know, once you start shifting yourself, once you can still do it again, right? It's essential to do it again. Yeah. You you can have, you can access to it, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, like, how do you like, that's so amazing, you know, first of all, like, because I know that there are a lot of people are really unconscious and not even sure how they can shift themselves out of their scarcity mindset, perhaps. Mm. Right. So what would be the very first step they can maybe give it a try for themselves at home? You know? Yeah, that's a great question. 
I am a very strong believer that our will, our willingness to grow and change is the first step. Mm. If that piece is not present, then there's not enough, there's not enough motivation. There's not enough desire there to create change because change can be uncomfortable. (laughs) It can be very uncomfortable. So, so the, the pain, the struggle, the discomfort of, of someone's unconscious experience has to be good, has to be great enough for them to be willing to change. So I would say that one of the first steps is actually acknowledging, acknowledging the desire to, to create a different reality in someone's, in one's life. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's beautiful. I, and that I, acknowledgement, I, I think that that acknowledgement can happen in so many different ways. Also, mm-hmm. many times it's someone taking an interest in personal development work, you know, or starting to follow certain leaders who are expressing, you know, the realities that they're desiring. Yeah. So we talk about a lot of like scarcity mindset and also abundance mindset. Can you actually like describe to us like what is really scarcity mindset and what is really abundance mindset? Sure. I can do my best and tell you from my perspective. Yeah. uh, Which might be a little, a little different than, than other perspectives. I believe that our minds and our thoughts and our orientation is really a reflection of who we think we are, who we think we are internally. Mm-hmm. So it's almost as if there's a conversation happening in our, in our heads, mm-hmm. right? And that conversation is coming from an identity mm-hmm. that we think is us. Yeah. Right. And so many people are operating from identities that are not necessarily the whole of who they are. They're not necessarily that soulful, spiritual space that surrounds everything that they are. Most, most of us get caught in identities that are fragments of ourselves, right? So, so when I think of mindset, I think of that. I think of that identity and um, what's really, what the internal dialogue is of that identity. And so when we get into wanting to shift that, for me, it's an issue of identifying where we're, where we're coming from and what our internal state is. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's very beautiful. You made me to think that actually, I know that I know this is really true to, to me also to true to a lot of people as well. Uh, I really believe like you are abundance or you are enough you are amazing you know mm-hmm. we can have we can access all of this right you abundance mm-hmm. like whatever you're the love right mm-hmm. uh, i really believe we can be all of the things that you want to be and mm-hmm. oftentimes what happens is the message like you say right that's like that you're not good enough or you're you're not smart enough these are the message right that you had also in your head is really trying to protect you, right? Uh, to yeah. be uncomfortable, perhaps. I noticed that people often tend to listen to this negative voice instead of listening to the positive message they have in their head, right? Yes. Again, like I said, I think it's because it's really make them to uncomfortable because that the action they're taking is make them to be uncomfortable, right? Maybe taking risk, right? So, which I really believe that's understandable but at the same time again people are not often to don't think that they they can be they are smart enough they are good enough they are amazing you know they don't think that so i feel like this message is is in their head too much and that makes them to believe they're not good enough whatever the message they have in their head right so but what do you think I mean, do you think people like anyone can be the person they want to be or is it because like, I just really feel like people don't even believe that like, you know, well, here's the thing. Yeah, I feel that everyone already is that. I like that. Everyone who is a living and breathing human being is they just are, (laughs) you know, we are we are light we are awareness we are beauty we are abundance 
we are harmony. We are all of these things that, you know, we hear from the outside, but that I believe is our true nature Mm -hmm. of who we really are. And so all of our work is really not about change at all. Our work, you know, in changing our mindset and changing our hearts is really about pulling back the layers Mm. so that we can remember and become aware of who we really are. And when we start doing that over and over again, we realize that we're not actually changing. We're just, we're just seeing ourselves as we really are. Yeah. We, we are that voice. I call that voice that you described before the voice of love. And, you know, it is the voice of spaciousness. Mm. If anyone has experienced a moment like that in their lives where they did shift out of one of those fragmented voices and then all of a sudden everything went blank. Yeah. You know, you'll hear people describe this. Like my mind just went blank, but it was such a pleasant, spacious feeling of emptiness. And then all of a sudden I heard a new voice come in and say, you know, it's going to be okay. Or I heard a new voice come in and say, it's usually something very simple, Mm -hmm. you know, very simple and um, spacious. And that's that element of spaciousness is uh, a commonality, you know, in that quality that's innately human that we all carry as spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. So really what I'm hearing you say is really that's who we are. Like we are the love, we are enough, we are smart enough, whatever the message yeah. is. That's who we are truly, like that's yeah. who we were born with. But the message we already have right now, the government of who you become, right? And that the message is really, uh, the circumstances you all faced is made you feel like you're not good enough. You are not smart enough. You are whatever, right? The message. Yes, that's right. So then what, what people can do to actually like, to believe that they are amazing people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think they needed? Like, cause like, it's also a lot of to do with the belief system. So like, if it's, if they already believe that they're not good enough, like, it's going to take them to not believe that, you know? Um, yeah. So what, what do you think is probably that, you know, they can do or like make them to realize that, okay, actually, like, I'm mm. going to, like, what, like, what would, uh, what would that take them? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So first, I just want to state a reality, a shared reality that we all have living in our world today, that we are uh, raised in a society that is not necessarily aligned with this higher truth, right? So that presents a common challenge that all of us carry where we are going to forget who we are. It's just Mm -hmm. a natural part of human development at this point that we come in as these perfect divine, naturally beautiful and awake human beings as babies. And then we forget. We yeah. grow up and we, we forget and then we, you know, contract and close in. And then the process of continued growth and evolution is remembering again and um, coming back into our wholeness. Mm-hmm. So that just sets up the context and takes away a little bit of the shame that I think some people have around not, mm-hmm. not being fully conscious yet. Mm-hmm. It's normal. <laughs> that's where, that's the path that we're all following. Um, so yeah. there's that. Um, And what can someone do? I I feel like, you know, nature is a great example. A tree, a plant cannot be anything other than it is. It just just is itself, you know? Yeah. It is itself in all its fullness and it will grow into more expanded versions of itself and then it will die. And if we could only have that level of acceptance of ourselves, Mm. then we would probably experience bliss, greater fulfillment. So my philosophy and um, practice with myself and also with my clients is to really have them um, to connect with the body because our physical makeup, our, um, the, this thing that houses our souls and, and our minds and everything that we are is kind of the ground level expression of all of that. And so unless we're expressing our thoughts, our beliefs, our feelings from our bodies, then we're disconnecting from from the real experience of being a human being. So embodiment practices for me are, are a starting place and really a lifelong journey 
of learning how to experience our feelings and our emotions in the body, how to understand what our minds and what our thoughts are doing in the body, right? Mm -hmm. To um, experience sensation and learn about, about our intuition and how it speaks through our bodies, because our bodies are they're the 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 antenna or the um they're an antenna to pick up information and they're always and they're also uh the vehicle through which we express our ourselves yeah wow so learn learning how to be in this body is for me the deepest practice that someone can it's the deepest practice and it's also the most efficient road <laughs> to you know living a life where we can start changing our our mindset we can become more aware of what's happening internally and shift shift that and produce you know results um, externally wow that's very beautiful wow and what also what i'm hearing you say is like there's a uh, you say that like acceptance right mm. i think like when you when you say that out loud oh my gosh that's so true like um yeah so yes, I totally like agree with you. Like it's like accepting who you are, who you become, right? Yeah. Um, and oftentimes and, we tend to don't like our voice or whatever. Yes. And things like that, just the little things. Yes. And there, I mean, if you really do compare that to nature, one of the, my favorite metaphors or just comparisons to make is like we as humans, Sometimes when we are not accepting who we naturally are, it's synonymous to, I don't know, uh, a rose trying to grow as a rose, but really wanting to be an apple tree. You know? <laughs> like, like, I just, I just want to produce apples, you know, but that's not what yeah, my I see. blueprint and my makeup is supposed to be doing. It's just, I'm a rose. I'm supposed to, you know, blossom into a beautiful petaled plant. And so I just remember that as, as a human, it's like each of us have a blueprint of our essence, you know, also, and, and the purpose that we're supposed to fulfill. And so it's, it then becomes a practice of listening and allowing more than figuring it out or trying to do a certain thing. Mm -hmm. I love that. I also, you mentioned about the tree example. I think that's like, like, so it sounds like you just, we have to like, if we are like, uh, you know, if you if you don't like it, like ourselves, maybe just think about the tree. You know, like just mm-hmm. accept who you are. Like you're just the tree. Like if if what if you were a tree, right? Like just be the tree, right? I like that a lot. Um. So now I wanna uh, wanna shift to a little different subject. It's a vision. So uh, share with us, uh, like what is really a vision? And next question is like. You know, like, also, like, I know, um, like, again, like I said earlier, also, like, people tend to having a bigger vision in the, in, in the beginning of the year, it doesn't matter, like, mm. what year, and then oftentimes, either the vision is too big, or whatever that is, mm. they often don't believe that they have the vision, mm. you know, do you, tell me, uh, like, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, I love this topic. This is one of my favorite topics, uh, just talking about visions and dreams. Yeah. It's like often synonymous. We say our dreams, you know, really we're talking about our visions for the future, uh, what we hope and yearn for. So yeah, again, I'll talk about 2020, but really it's just, this has been um, just a reflection of very old concepts, you know, that we, you know, as coaches, we, we think about this stuff all the time and maybe other people don't. And now they are, (laughs) you know, like my vision for the year just took a very wild turn as entrepreneurs. That's a norm (laughs) that happens all the time, right? We have a vision for something and then whoop curveball. All of a sudden we are doing a total 180 and that vision needs to shift and change. Right. So So really, this is just another example of something that happens all the time. So a vision, what is a vision? A vision, I believe, is really a, uh, it's actually much more present than, than we realize. It is a stirring in our hearts Mm -hmm. for 
really something that we desire, something that we desire and uh, want to experience and maybe have not experienced yet on the ground. Yeah. So you've heard people talk about manifestation and bringing visions to life and all the things, right? What we're really talking about is allowing that desire first to exist, which then produces a vision, and then develop cultivating the space to feed that vision what it needs and to connect with it. And actually what I was saying before about coming down into the body is a huge piece of bringing visions into our grounded reality. We have to feel the vision with our senses and allow it to inform our feelings and allow our feelings, you know, to express, yeah, yeah. express that vision. Um, and this is what actually helps to create it on the grounded plane of our realities. Yeah. Thank you. So like what I'm really hearing you say is really like in order to believe you get to feel it first. So then you can believe that. Well, I think everybody operates differently with that. Um, I think that some people are much more oriented towards thinking. Mm -hmm. Some people are much more oriented towards feeling and some people are much more oriented towards physical body experience. So I may have opinions about which sequence uh, I think works best, but that's because I'm oriented toward mostly towards feeling. Mm. Um, I'm a, yeah. a big feeler, a big intuiter. So I'm going to definitely have usually an intuitive vision mm -hmm. and then I'm going to feel it first. Yeah. Right. And, and so if I, for instance, get too caught up in the thinking part, I get out of balance. Yeah. It, it's kind of spins me. Right. Whereas for some people, maybe they need that thinking energy to be really high. And then the feeling comes in a little bit of a different way for them. Right. I am definitely oriented as a feeler though, but actually I feel like all three of those components are important in order for a grounded vision to come yeah. forth. But the sequencing I think can be different for different people. So what would you say like, uh, the people who like don't perhaps quite believe in their, their vision come alive. So what do you think is missing? Mm, that's a great question. Um, without, Knowing the specific scenario, uh, I, can't, I can't say for certain, but there are a lot of factors. I mean, you can say, give an example for us, for maybe from your yeah. clients or... Yeah, I would say that the biggest factor I run into that's missing when someone um, doesn't think that a vision of theirs can come forth is that there's often a feeling of um, not being capable, like not being, not being capable either. I'm not smart enough or I'm not, I mean, I'm not good enough as the general umbrella, but it could show up differently for everyone. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not cool enough. <laughs> I'm not a good enough communicator, like any number of, not enough fears could come up um, that can prevent someone from even having letting the vision become visible, right? It might just sit in the background of someone's mind and heart buried for a long time as just, just a back thought, you know, like, uh, like just something that they, it kind of pops up when they go to sleep at night, but they don't tell anybody, you know, mm -hmm. and then they can kind of, think that they're crazy because it feels so small mm -hmm. that it doesn't feel real mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. until it comes a little bit further up to the surface and they speak it mm -hmm. right like maybe they maybe they read something on a facebook scroll from a coach that's talking about exactly what they that little background thought is and they think whoa how did they read my mind <laughs> I didn't know anybody else thought about that, you know, and then there's a, there's a seed of recognition planted and then maybe they have a conversation with a friend and, and they say, you know, I feel kind of crazy, but I just saw somebody talking about 
you know, the way that they didn't used to do X, Y, or Z, and now they are. And I kind of feel like that's me. And they speak their vision for the first time. And often I think this is the first step is just believing it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I heard like a two things. Um, it's not, like what I'm hearing is that it's like maybe the vision is really small, too small for them. So because I know that the fact that if, you know, your vision has to be bigger than your circumstances and otherwise, you know, you, your vision isn't going to come, you know, there's no way. So your, your vision is, has to be bigger than your circumstances, right? Mm. So that's the one. And another thing I heard you say is like, it sounds like really it's, we're going back to the message, right? That the, uh, the message, you know, two messages comes in our head all the time, right? You're not good enough or you're enough. Um, mm. One is positive, one is like a negative. So this, you know, like the, when you think about when you're trying to like uh, going after your vision, um, the message comes up for you. Like, oh, Ichiko, you can't do this. Like, you're not good enough or you're not smart enough, whatever the message again, right? So like when you are taking action, the message will come up for you. So, um, and so, so that message will come up. So like... But again, I know what I know is like there's two messages. Regardless, it's going to be two messages will come up. So then maybe instead of we listening to this negative voice, maybe how about we listening to this positive message? Like you can do that, right? Because like what I'm really, the the piece is missing is just that the message we had in our head, it really get in the way. Is that true? And yeah, I feel like that's absolutely true. And what you're talking about there, the the shift between not listening to that voice and just listening to the positive voice, that's that's an experience, right? That's that can be learned. That is not necessarily natural, or it's um, it's natural. It's not necessarily um, familiar to a lot of people. Yeah. Right. It's very natural for those of us who are in this work and we do this all the time, many Uh times a day. And um, it just becomes second nature. I think that it's something unless we were taught as young people how to navigate and manage our thoughts and our feelings. Uh um, It's definitely not taught in schools, you know, in public schools. So it would likely be something that we received outside of our school systems. Um, But many, many, many people do not learn anything about that until they're adults. Yeah. And then they learn how to manage their own energy. Um, But that shift, you know, moving from the fear voice, I call it, to the voice of love is a practice um, Mm. that has a lot of different components. One is even just being able to recognize the difference, right? Like, can we recognize the difference between this thought pattern and this one? Can we recognize the difference in the feeling and the sensations related to this thought pattern and this one, right? That kind of, that level of awareness is what really sticks and helps people navigate those voices when they come up or those messages, um, which many people who are just beginning on their uh, their spiritual evolution or growth of to be awake human beings, um, if people are just beginning on that journey, then that's a new that's a new concept and a new practice, right? Absolutely. And of course, like if it's a new thing for you, it's going to be uncomfortable, which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So um, because like up until who you become today is like you used to tell yourself you're not good enough, you know? So like mm-hmm. when you try to tell yourself you're good enough, like it's like it like it it seemed too weird for you but it's Mm. really not right and again like you say like I really like what you said earlier like yes you you know you were born with being amazing and loving kind uh, enough person it's just you Mm. know up until now who you become the circumstances you all faced made you to believe that you are not good enough or Mm. you're not smart enough and you are Mm -hmm. whatever the message you had in your head right but that's not who you are but I get it like it's hard to believe that you're not that because like Mm -hmm. you know it's like a really long time maybe however you how 
old you are, right? Yeah. So it, the the long longer you go, it's gonna be only harder for you to change. Also to have the right mm-hmm. message. Uh, it then now you guys may think also like uh, I want to talk about a little bit of like a, a self worth, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of I really believe it's a lot of to do with the self worth, right? Yeah. So share with us what is really a self worth. <laughs> Mm. Well, when we consider worth, when we consider what we're talking about, when we say worth, Mm -hmm. we could really identify that as value, right? Like the meaning, the, the value that something has. So when we say the word self worth, this is really a recognition of our inherent value as humans yeah not only as a general human being but also as the unique human being that we are right and that's everyone everyone gets to have a unique blueprint that um is that is their soul's expression of self that is unlike anyone else Mm -hmm. And so that is where that inherent, infinite value comes from in knowing that you're the only you. Yeah. You're the only one, Ichiko. You're the only one who can live the purpose that you are living. And you're the only one who can express yourself in exactly the way you do. Right? So when we start identifying and recognizing those um those parts of ourselves that are lovable and unique and beautiful then we start recognizing you know that worthiness yeah yeah absolutely so yeah now like you know i think like when it comes to vision and you know i think it's a lot of to do with the self-worth is kind of what how i recognize that because like when you mm. think about vision right and dream like mostly people don't believe as much because they don't think they are worthy to have that vision you know like, right maybe he can have it so maybe Asher can have it but i don't yes. think i have it because i grew up this way and this this place you know and i don't think i'm worthy of having you know having the vision or the dream so and again we live in a society that doesn't necessarily always um give us the modeling that we need to for that belief to be instilled as a society yeah so again even with perfect parenting and even when someone has been given a lot of empowering beliefs from their childhood when they if they are involved and engaged in our larger community some messaging that is disempowering and that is not aligned with we can be anything we want to be and we can do anything we want to do and we have power over our thoughts and we have infinite abilities right it's like those concepts are not necessarily always supported Mm -hmm. in the larger society so that means that we take ownership a little more ownership and responsibility over feeding our thoughts and Mm -hmm. and until we as individuals can do that enough that then we create a different environment societally Mm -hmm. then um that will change Absolutely. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. And you mentioned, you just mentioned about the empowerment. I really like that because um, mm-hmm. uh, I know that the fact that people, when people um, talk to themselves, like I'm not good enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I can't do this, you know, like when you tell yourself, it's really disempowering, right? Mm-hmm. So and when you maybe perhaps tell yourself you you can do this you are good enough you are smart enough this is actually very empowering right so 
um, I like that you mentioned about it because like, you know, it's really, it, it boils down to, it's really up to you. What do you want to tell yourself to get what you want? Right. It's like, if you keep telling yourself you're not good enough and it makes sense why it makes sense to you, why you didn't get it because you literally disempowering yourself when you disempower yourself, you can't, I mean, the, the action you're going to take is, is probably going to be small or if not, even you're not going to take it. Even if you take it, the, the chances you're going to achieve is probably you know low so mm-hmm. uh right so i mean that's kind of what i understand like it's very important to tell yourself the good message that can empower you and get mm-hmm. you going and you know get you pumped and excited and and then so you can take action and when you are empowered and that when you take action um the chances it's gonna be successful is actually more likely Mm-hmm. Right. And this is so. What do you I love? What, go ahead. Sorry. What do you think? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I love what you just said about taking action, and that this is a really important part of the process. Right. There has to be action. That's part of that grounded, embodied expression of our visions. Yeah. Um, and helping to bring them into a, a reality. And this is the reason that I really, really encourage people to be in the body from the beginning when Mm. they are hearing and listening for their visions. Because if we're not, if we are creating our visions based on one of those fragmented versions of ourselves, then it's possible that we can begin taking action then and actually create things that we don't really want. Yeah. Right. And that we, we discover that. And sometimes that's unavoidable. You know, we learn by practice that we create something and a vision comes to be, and then we get there and we realize, actually, this does not make me happy. This does not fulfill me. Um, But I think learning to practice that listening at the beginning and, and the body awareness of, um, you know, can I feel this vision? Can I feel it in my, in my, body somewhere? Can I place that um, experience somewhere in my physical reality? Then that's really helpful to find out if we're moving towards the right vision. I love when you talk about feelings, you always talk about body because I actually never even thought about it. It's like when I think about like, because I know um, thoughts can, you know, make your reality of your world. So Mm -hmm. I know in order to to have that reality so you have to think and you know and then you gotta feel it but i always like whenever i even think about t- feeling it's like in my head so uh, I love, yeah. yeah i love when you just say like you know you gotta feel it in your body right so are you interested do you feel like doing a short little exercise here with me okay <laughs> why not okay. why not yeah. adventurous. Yeah. So one of the practices that I use is called, it's called the whole practice. Uh-huh. Right? I won't go through every step, but basically, um, you know, the first step is to wait. That's just taking the pause, looking inwardly. And then the second step H is um, to hear or listen to our experience, what's pointing out to us or what's standing out to us. And then the third is to open. Right. So I'm going to take you through those two steps to hear and to open and we'll see what happens. So go ahead and close your eyes and take a breath. And Ichiko, I just want you to listen to what's happening in your body right now as if that microphone that you've been using is pointing towards your sensations. And just allow yourself to notice what sensation or experience internally feels the loudest right now, feels the strongest. And it doesn't have to make sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what, is the ex- what is the sensation that feels the loudest? I'm fe- like in my core, like I'm feeling like excitement um and don't try to name it yeah just tell me about the sensation what's going on in your chest like 
my heart chest is like okay so a lot of thumping in your chest yeah Yeah. yes great Uh, so just just feel that for a second and breathe into it take a couple of breaths and then i will invite you just to allow that sensation to expand just let it be there existing just as it is no need to name it or understand it at all. Just allowing it to get a little bigger. Hmm. And what's happening as you do that? Oh, so weird. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. to stay. Uh, okay. It's become so calm. Um, Mm. I'm more like kind of listening to my breath now and okay great I'm like breathing like normally because in the beginning I was like you know my breath was really out of control as well yeah so just just stay there for a second you actually went on to the next step which is to love that experience that you were just hearing so just fill that experience that part of yourself with compassion and just let it Sit there for a second. And then without saying anything out loud yet, allow yourself to hear how that experience that you just had may want to express itself. Which experience are you talking about right now that I'm feeling? Well, yeah, the the heart beating at first and the the process that just happened through you. Is there a new expression that wants to come forth that you are hearing? Um. The new expression would be like even more calm and mm. just be and mm. um, just like makes me just sit with my body. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it had a voice, what would it say? Be you. You can relax and be you. Mm. Okay, you can open your eyes now. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Oh, wow, that was a really good experience. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for participating a little bit. So that's, you got to experience a little bit of that, what I'm talking about with just taking our mindset a little deeper into the body and then really just sitting with where, which, which voice is talking right now, you know, and allowing ourselves to, to settle into a more embodied experience of our minds and allowing a different voice to come forth. Mm, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Because like I do meditate like uh, every morning, but mm-hmm. still like I just realized that I was still in my head. Just to be honest, a very transparent. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really like allow myself to feel in my body, mm-hmm. even though like the, you know the meditation is like kind of talk through mm-hmm. with me like to feel it but like yeah. whatever I think about it it's usually I'm still in my head um mm-hmm. which was yeah it, it was really eye-opening and thank you so much yeah and I don't think that you're um alone in that I think that that's a common experience with people who are meditating um of just basically we just shut our eyes and then the wheels keeps going <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah, and so there's there's a different experience of meditation that we can have when we allow this to settle into yeah. something deeper. 
Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so, so much. So uh, last question. So what is, um, what do you think people can do like at home right now that maybe, you know, to exercise now, you know, to having the right mindset to going up, you know, the reason, because I, I really believe again, like, they still have enough time to, you know, go after what they want it, you know, the vision they can create. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Well, so this, the mindset shift primarily that I work with is, is from this doing state to more of an allowing and a beingness to happen. And I think that's one of the most powerful practices that people can, can practice. Um, and there are so many ways that you can make that shift. And really, it's anything that helps us to get out of the linear mind and um, fall into what I call a non-productive thinking space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a feeling space. It's more of an intuitive space. It's more of that beingness. Um, singing is an amazing practice for getting out of the you know, yeah. the wheel the wheel moving kind of mind and into a more embodied heart centered space singing actually any form of artistic expression. Um, I'm a big, big encourager of that. And also nature feeling and being with nature, even in the simplest way, uh, just being, um, being willing to walk outside and put your bare feet on the ground, you know, um, tuning in, paying attention to what nature is doing right now and presencing yourself in that way um, can be a really easy and accessible way to, um, to build that presence within yourself. So when we build that presence, we are able to access those voices of empowerment and capability and lovability and, and self-worth so much more easily because that's again our nature absolutely yeah well thank you so much asher for sharing your wisdom and knowledge i really really appreciate that yes i so appreciate being here with you and um i'm currently currently accepting a few new clients into um, my purpose expression program right now so for anyone who um who would really like to cultivate this kind of presence in a way where they can express their creative service leadership offerings um, through their business. That's, that's what I, what I'm calling in. And um, that's my passion. Absolutely. Share with us your social media. Uh, Yes. Asher Lee, A-S-H-E-R-L-E-I-G-H on social media, both Instagram and Facebook. I'm much more active on Facebook right now. Um, and my website is www.asherleemusic.com. And the program that I just mentioned is uh, named Creatively Called. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I'm going to put that all on the show notes. So if anybody wants to reach out to you, they will. Also, again, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I'm so grateful for having you. Yes. Thank you, Ichiko. And have a great afternoon. And uh, we will see each other soon, I'm sure. We will.